Welcome to this edition of the Mission Bitcoin Podcast. On today's episode, we talk with at Pastor Coin, a young pastor with a church plant in Canada. We talk about Pastor Coin's Bitcoin journey, the lockdowns in Canada, and how this has affected his church. We discuss Bitcoin's rollout in the church and its use on the mission field. Pastor Coin is on a mission to orange peel his congregation and other pastors in his city. This was a fantastic discussion and a great opportunity to dream big with Bitcoin's application in the church. And now a word about our sponsors. Jeter Melder LLP is more than a law firm. It is a legal team. Justin and Michael have over 30 years of experience working with different clients on different legal issues from both sides of the docket, including business disputes, constitutional rights, employment agreements, employment discrimination, local counsel, and pay issues. Jeter Melder have advocated in federal and state courts in Arkansas, California, Illinois, New Mexico, and Texas. With a unique blend of clients from doctors, fellow attorneys, tradesmen, hourly workers, the unemployed, to small businesses and Fortune 500 companies, they all have one thing in common. They believe in Jeter Melder, and Jeter Melder believes in them. Give them a call at 214-699-4758 or visit them at JeterMelder.com. That's J-E-T-E-R-M-E-L-D-E-R.com. Have Jeter Melder work for you. Hey, Pastor Coyne, uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, I Thanks for reaching out to me on Twitter. I just wanted to kind of introduce everybody to you and and have a discussion around um, our faith and, and Bitcoin. And uh, with that in mind, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks, let them know what you do, where you are, and we'll kind of take it a step at a time. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. I've only uh, seen the pictures on Twitter, Twitter profile picture. I'm, I'm, usually, I'm kind of a Facebook guy, so I'm just new to Twitter, but I'm finding Twitter Facebook uh, Twitter profile pictures are just um, usually you, you don't see the person. So it's nice to see the person, although you're not seeing anything because this is audio. But uh, yeah, so I'm a pastor for real. It's not the pastor coin tag is is sort of a gimmick, but it's actually real. I am a pastor um, and it's sort of a play on on uh, Creflo Dollar. <laughs> so that's kind of how I came up nice. with it. It's kind, of, it's kind of a parody on that, Pastor. Coyne. Okay, for the audience who may not know, tell that story. He's he's actually he has a church right down the road from me. Actually, <laughs> oh really, really? Well, his last name's Dollar, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if, if that's his real last name or if that's it's he changed it to that. I, I don't know, but I just thought it was funny. Who knows? Uh, and he's got a lot of uh, material possessions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, being being a prosperity preacher and having the last name Dollar just seems to. Uh, if you're going to, I guess if you're going to be a pastor with that last name, but so then I thought, Hey, it'd be funny if I was like at pastor coin. Um, so <laughs> it was just, it, it's pretty much, it's kind of a joke, but it's kind That's of awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, but I am a pastor. I'm not a prosperity uh, preacher, but, uh, I am a pastor in Canada, in communist Canada, um, in, in, in right across from Detroit. And yeah, so we planted a church in 2016 and we're just, chugging along here, trying to, uh, you know, our church now is, uh, you know, accumulating Bitcoin. We're accepting Bitcoin as donations. And That's fantastic. Just trying to, as far as I know, we're the only church in our city doing this. Uh, I've talked to other pastors trying to orange pill them and they, they're interested in it will happen. 
uh, as as time, especially with all the uh, weird stuff going on in well, even in the states, but more so in Canada, it seems to have accelerated where you know pastors are being arrested, church buildings are being literally um, the locks are being changed, they're being seized by the state, uh, and there's still a church in Ontario actually whose building is seized, Trinity Bible Chapel. Um, and so, you know, the Bitcoin economy is something that can remedy that sort of thing. And so I'm, I'm whereas most guys are, are pessimistic and I'm actually quite optimistic for the future because I see the potential Bitcoin has to not only help the church here, but all around the world. So... Uh, Pastor Corey, do you do you we talked a little bit about this before we started, but um, and and about church meeting and, and all that. But do you see a future in Canada where you get back to small group meetings in homes? Well, it's already happening. Um, our church is pretty much a small group, but for some of the larger churches in I can only really speak for, you know, my city and probably province but i know several uh, larger churches you know two three four five even a thousand people uh, where they they have continued meeting in in uh, in defiance of the protocols but what they've had to do is literally break up into smaller groups and so uh, this isn't really a future thing. This is something currently happening. And for those larger churches, you know, being friends with pastors with larger churches that have had to do, and it's all underground, right? It's very secretive. And um, having, uh, you know, heard the stories from them, it's really difficult to scale back mm-hmm. a larger church. It's, it's easier to scale up than it is to scale down. Uh, so when you're so used to just meeting in, in, in large groups, having to do that is really hard. And it, you know, it comes with, it's, it's almost impossible to keep that completely secret. Several of those small groups have been shut down or the cops have been called or whatever, because you can't really, how can you keep that a perfect secret? It's, it's really hard. And where, where do you think all this came from? I mean, what, uh, it just seems unconscionable or unbelievable that we see this in Western countries. I mean, Australia, in my mind, is probably the most extreme that I've seen, but it's, it's crazy. Um, This just, this can't be just about the virus. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand. I I don't know. I don't know if you've thought about that dynamic or, or what, I mean, I see it as a, as a spiritual fight. Um, That's my perception, but um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts about this craziness. Well, I think it's kind of how we got here, I think, is is simple. Why we got here is maybe a, um, a little bit more complex. But I truly believe the only reason why the church is in this position it's in now is because only a handful of pastors said no. Mm. In, in my city, it was literally two two churches mine and in another one a, a rather larger one every other church either complied or didn't comply but did it secretly 
um, which I suppose is fine, but th- there weren't many. In the county, I could count on one hand uh, how many how many churches remained open. How many churches total in the city and county? Oh, I mean, how probably. big is your metropolitan? How big is that? You're outside of you said it outside of Detroit um, in Canada, so uh, yeah. So like the so we're in Essex County, and I'd say the population of Essex County. This is just a rough guess, probably four hundred thousand, five hundred thousand people the windsor where where our church is located is two hundred thousand. so not not huge but for canada it's a fairly yeah it's it's a it's a decent sized city for canada so you, um, you've got to have at least several if not a hundred at least several hundred churches oh definitely definitely okay. um yeah and and so one of the pastor the one pastor who just said you know this is so everybody shut down the first time everyone did the second time was when we got into trouble um, so the one pastor, uh, uh, of, uh he's well-known Aaron rock, uh, pastor Aaron rock of harvest Bible church. He, he remained open the second time, got fined. Cops were always there. Um, you know, s- several fines actually. And when this was all happening, I mean, there was nobody in, in the city, no pastors saying, Hey, this is inappropriate. We're standing with uh, other than myself. Nobody was really, and actually uh, standing up for him, backing him, and saying, "No, come on, guys, let's let's have our brothers back. He's not doing anything wrong." Were, and were uh, they just afraid? I mean, what? Uh, that's, that's a good. I, I, that's a good question. <laughs> were they probably? Probably. I I don't think a lot of these guys believe they're com- believe in the compliance because I see them. They have people over their homes. They're, you know, they, it's just that in church, you follow, they follow the rules. So I don't think a lot of them even believe it. I just think either they actually believe Romans 13 teaches this or or they they just don't want to ruffle any feathers. But it really makes you think about um, if real persecution came, you know, this isn't well, this isn't really persecution. This is a I don't know. This is. That makes you really wonder what would happen if real persecution came. Right. I mean, it's it's sort of like a soft persecution, you know, but um, like I, I was listening to a, uh, a podcast today and, and they said, you know, um, uh, defying the, uh, the government, uh, unjust government rules, defying them is like a muscle, right? Uh, if you can't, if you, if you, if you don't work it out, it just gets harder and harder to to use it, and so if you can't lift the little weight, mm. what happens when the big weight comes? Yeah. If you don't practice on the little, your muscle will never develop to lift the heavier weight. And, you know, and even Jesus said uh, that if you're faithful with a little, you'll be given much. And so, if we can't even be faithful with this little trial, then when the big trial comes, it, we're screwed. This it's going to yeah, be that's a great. That's a great thought. Wow, that's a great thought. Uh, well, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your congregation, you know, what makes up your congregation, what your ministries are. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about um, missions, kind of explain the, the makeup of your body. Yeah, so we're a smaller church in size, um, probably 30 or 35-ish people. Uh, and we're, uh, yeah, we're just uh, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving folks. We're really focused. We were really heavy on 
on uh, street evangelism and street ministry, homeless ministry before COVID. And then after, well, during COVID, all of the homeless shelters and stuff just kind of <laughs> threw, threw all the homeless people under the bus and closed and really, really bad stuff. So what's happened with the, what's happened with the homeless? I mean, what, where are they now? Well, they were, I mean, look, when the government gets involved, it's a disaster. So they were all, instead of being spread out through the city, you know, uh, in different homeless shelters or different, you know, organizations that would help and feed and whatever, instead of that, which you would think during a pandemic would be ideal, they decided to just shove all of them into one larger building (laughs) in order to, you know, keep everyone safe and, and and what happened was there was an outbreak there and yeah it just just really stupid so that's what happened and it, and and so we we would go to this place and minister to people there and stuff uh, still but it, it wasn't the same and it in in windsor at least everything is still canceled here um, we used to have like the fireworks, the, the, there's fireworks at the Detroit river every year. It's like this big thing. Uh, everybody goes, it's a great time, but they, they were canceled. They well, technically not canceled, but they were, it was, it was virtual fireworks. So you had to watch it on, on your computer or whatever. So anyways, um, so we used to, we used to go to events, preach at those big events, at the festivals, all that stuff's canceled. So our ministry had, has really kind of changed to just uh, going to where, where we can. And we got evicted from our worship space by the landlord because we wouldn't, um, we wouldn't enforce masking and we wouldn't do contact tracing. And so the landlord kicked us out. And so now we're, we're, I guess we're, I guess now we're, we're homeless. We're a homeless church, but uh, we're meeting in parks and that, that has actually uh, been beneficial because we've grown. Um, so we're just very, uh, we're, 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 we've had to be flexible and versatile in this time. And God has met us each step of the way. Fantastic. What has, has anyone in your body been affected by COVID? No, no, no one. Well, we've had a few people get get sick, but nothing, nothing significant. We've actually even, yeah, nothing significant. People have gotten COVID. They've actually one time somebody's sister got it and he he actually came to a bible study he's like yeah i think my sister has covid i'm like why are you here he's like well i I don't feel sick so and when no one ended up getting sick anyways but it was just funny how that turned out but yeah a few people have gotten sick but nothing serious well tell me a little bit about um your bitcoin journey how it started and let's start there because obviously we're going to start um moving into what you think bitcoin can do for the church so tell me a little bit about that yeah, so it's a it's, it's an interesting story. Uh, 2017. Um, so my wife got pregnant. We were in. We discovered it was twins, and uh, we so we sold our smaller house, found a bigger house, and um, during that time in 2017, Bitcoin kind of took off. I think it hit yeah, ten grand back then, and uh, and I was like, oh, what is this? This is interesting. <clears throat> so I have a. I have a small business called Pooper Scoopers, where I just basically clean up dog poop from people's backyards. And so I'm on this app 
this like Bitcoin app and it has some of the altcoins and one of them was Dogecoin. <laughs> and I said, what the heck is this? It's a, like, it's a dog coin. This is weird. And it was really cheap at the time. It's like under a penny or something. So I'm like, well, why don't I, wouldn't it be funny if I uh, took some of my dog poop money and bought a dog coin with it? <laughs> So I, awesome. so I did. I did. I think I put like 200 bucks on it or something. And, and then it tanked right away. I lost like 70% of, of uh, that money. And uh, I was like, whatever, who cares? I'll just leave. My wife's like, just leave it. Who cares what happens? And then uh, I was following Bitcoin, you know, on and off. Never bought it though, which was stupid. The dumbest thing I've ever done. Never bought it. Just And, and, and holding on to Dogecoin... I was always thinking, boy, that was a stupid thing. That was a, that was a dumb joke. That was the most expensive joke I've ever, you know, been involved in. But uh, I always thought, you know, Bitcoin will probably go up and with it, everything else. Because the crypto market mm-hmm. follows Bitcoin, you know, like if Bitcoin tanks, everything else is tanking. If Bitcoin goes up, everything else will follow it. So I knew in my mind that Bitcoin was only going up, but I never acted on it. Probably because I had twin twins and was exhausted and uh, made excuses. But anyway, so then when Dogecoin shot up this year, my wife, I was at Costco and my wife texted me. She's like, hey, Dogecoin like went up to six cents. I'm like, no, it didn't. And then, oh my goodness, it did. And it kept going up and up and up. And um, that 200 bucks, I think, um, it peaked at like 10 grand or something. That's crazy. awesome. Yeah. And so I thought, this is crazy. And then, but I still didn't understand it. So um, I decided, let me look at Bitcoin. Let me like understand it. So I, I I tried my my hardest. I texted friends who I knew had Bitcoin. I I looked online. I, you know, what is Bitcoin? There's got to be some sort of an easy to understand. I couldn't find anything. Like I found stuff, but I would listen to it and go, okay, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. Like, decentralized and all these terms are being used and i'm like i don't know what the heck this is all about eventually stumbled upon the bitcoin standard book listen to that that really helped me understand and then some other books as well um and then from there podcasting and then just uh and then buying bitcoin and then getting a hardware wallet and then messing around playing with the actual software and and getting comfortable with it and then from there, I was like, wow, this thing is actually, this thing is actually amazing, especially with the Bitcoin standard. I would, I listened to that and I, and I went, well, this sounds like, like a, like a Christian money. This sounds like something so compatible with the Christian worldview. So, okay. So do, um, go into that a little bit. Um, why did you think that? Um, well, you know, the scripture that came to mind is, uh, you know, just balance and equal weight. Um, and, and Bitcoin was a just balance and an equal weight, uh, just the, the, the monetary policy coded into it was God honoring. It was built on honesty, transparency. Um, it, 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 it was built on integrity. And so I went, wow, why, why, why aren't more Christians um, into this? And then as I learned about the value proposition, as I learned about, and then, you know, uh, seeing 
institutional investors buying it up. I'm going, the church needs to get, get this thing. <laughs> we can't let the wicked, uh, you know, acquire this, all of this asset. And, and so we need to start to get this. Um, and, and not, not as a, like, it's not like a gold rush where we're like, we just want to get it, but, but this can be used so, so powerfully. Uh, to advance the kingdom and to uh, being being a church planter and having to you know raise my own salary that's that's hard that's tough you know most of your time is spent just trying to get money so you can keep going so how how okay so you you were talking about bitcoin then you transitioned to that so how do you think bitcoin could help with that with raising your money with your support <clears throat> Well, we have a missionary we work with uh, who works in Bangladesh and he works with the Rohingya. Well, he works with the different populations, but one of the, the his main focuses as of late has been with the Rohingya refugee in the refugee camp there. And it's a really, really bad persecution. Uh, there was recently a fire uh, where a lot of the refugee camp burnt down because uh, some extreme Muslim extremists were trying to to burn down the Christian homes. Ended up getting out of control, burning down a lot of Muslim homes as well. And so, um, so what what he wanted to do was help to rebuild, and it wouldn't take much money. So we raised some money and stuff, and just sending that to him, and then getting that to Bangladesh. The fees going from Canadian to U.S., then from the from the U.S. to Bangladesh, uh, the fees were just incredible. Uh, and the process took so long. But, um, you know, with Bitcoin, we could have just sent some money, liquidity split into somebody's wallet in Bangladesh. Bingo, bango, you're done. Um, and it could be used to build whatever or you could hold it and stuff like that. So but as far as with um, church planting and missions, we are, you know, in the process of the church itself dollar cost averaging, accepting donations in Bitcoin. And the plan is to just, you know, hold that Bitcoin until such a time as we can literally fund another church plant. Completely. That's fantastic. Completely. Because now we don't have um, somebody yet in, in the pipeline to even plant another church. But when that time comes, you know, to have this nest egg that just keeps growing it for that individual is going to be a lot easier than it was for me to have to, you know, bust my butt to try to, you know, get, get some pennies, but you know, a $50 Bitcoin donation today can go a long way four or five years from now. Um, who knows how much that'll be worth. So as that accumulates. Yeah. No, go ahead. No. Yeah. So as those donations now accumulate, in, in the future, when we plant another church, or who knows, maybe uh, like another initiative uh, I wanted I want to do is to uh, in in Bangladesh, our brother deals with a lot of persecution. Um, the stories are just incredible. I tell him every time you go to Bangladesh, it's like you get off the plane and you step foot into the Book of Acts, mm. and when you come back home, you get on a plane and step out of the Book of Acts. <laughs> but the stuff that goes on there is incredible. So lots of persecution, and and one of the main needs there is he said they they want to build a uh, a place like a, a almost a house of refuge because a lot of people they come to Christ and then they just get 
exiled, literally exiled. Family kicks them out, don't come back. They can't go back to their villages. They're not accepted. They can't get jobs. They find out, you know, they get jobs. They find out they're Christians. They get fired back on the street. Um, and so what they wanted, what he wants to do is to build a, a house of refuge where people who have been kicked out of their homes, exiled from their, their families can, can come to and have some rest, have some rest, maybe some therapy for the trauma they've gone through in order, and then some training to be sent out back to, to make disciples. So that is only going to cost like, as for, uh, last numbers I heard from him are like between 200 to $300,000. Like that's not that much money. Um, and so to, to, to you, we could use Bitcoin and not even that many Bitcoins, like how many Bitcoins would 200 grand be? Um, like four or five four at this point, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, four Bitcoin for four Bitcoins, we could build a house of refuge for persecuted believers and a training. Up, it would be a Bible college, a house of refuge, and uh, yeah, in one and even the church in one for two hundred grand. So for four Bitcoins, sorry, for yeah. four Bitcoins. So and, and who knows? In in five years, it might be one Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, yep. that could do that. So. Dude. Pastor Coyne, do you do you think that I mean I I share this common belief that you just expressed, um, just kind of on the mission front, um, but just just thinking through this, I, I've got a couple of questions for you. Do you think that the the next pastor that comes along for the church plant, or the next missionary that comes along for you know being on the mission field for a period of time, if they don't have the burden of we see it, but do you think not having the burden of having to raise money will decrease the quality of the candidate, or how does the the stress of trying to raise money affect the candidates that come forward? I mean, are we missing opportunities because you know? It's just a stress they don't want to have to deal with. It's time to play Who Wants to Be a Satoshi Millionaire? What does UTXO stand for? A. Used Transaction Options B. Unspent Transaction Options C. Used Transaction Output D. Unspent Transaction Output uh, that makes well, sense. I mean, at some point we could say, well, in my day I had to spend, you know, two years raising money and, you know, it's going to create, you know, weakness in, you know, the pastors that we're sending or the missionary. Um, do you think that's real or is that not? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've so I've been around church planting for <clears throat> probably, you know, so we started in 2016, but I had been, I gone through, I went through a three year training and, you know, uh, assessment process. It was very, very rigorous, very long. I don't know, maybe some people might not think that's long, but three years. Um, anyways, so, <clears throat> uh, I, so having been sort of, you know, what, eight years or so involved in this, I've seen churches come and go and, and the church plants that that go are usually the ones that were fully funded. Mm. So, so as we're as I'm sitting mm. here going, hey, it'd be nice to fully fund churches. I've seen that those fully funded churches rarely 
succeed rarely last uh, and it's the ones that had to you know really trust the lord and and do some some hard uncomfortable things uh, that have lasted the test of time so um yeah that's just my honest uh, uh assessment of what's and, and what has happened um is is there a way we could remedy that like i, I recognize that so is there a way we could remedy that perhaps. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't really think, I think that's just one factor in whether a church <clears throat> is, is, it lasts. Uh, I don't think it's the, the main factor. So uh, if, if I, I mean, cause even with those churches, I, I could have said, Hey, you know, this thing's not going to last. Uh, it's built on this. It's built on a gimmick. It's built on seeker sensitivity and you know, all this. So mm. it, it, I don't think it was the, the money that caused them to fail. Uh, but it, it certainly was a, a, I think it was a factor, but not the main factor. So no, uh, I think it, with the thing like Bitcoin, cause we are a small church, we don't have a ton of money, but a thing like Bitcoin can really help churches in our position where, Hey, we don't really have a lot of money, but if, if we, if we can hold on to this, this thing, uh, it, it'll go up and, and, and we could do things that smaller churches usually couldn't do. And, and we'll see uh, how that turns out, uh, you know, as we trust the Lord with it, if, and when God sends us another guy to uh, plant the church, um, it's not going to be one that is, it's going to be one that is, uh, you know, patterned after the word of God and our values. So I believe it will succeed just because it's based on that and, and not having to put pressure on a family to say, Hey, you need to raise all your salary. Uh, I think will, will be helpful too. Yeah. I think, I think just as we're talking about this, I think there's, it'd be foolish not to implement some sort of Bitcoin standard among, you know, church fundraising, but there's probably gonna have to be a new paradigm um, so that we don't fall into fully funded and they don't have to depend, depend on the Lord. But um I think outright dismissing it just because they won't have to depend on the Lord um, will probably be a fallacy. Um, so there's probably gonna have to be a new paradigm associated with that. As you're, as you educate your body and you other fellow pastors in the area, orange, if, as you're trying to orange pill them, I mean, w- do you meet any resistance or w- what's the general feel about Bitcoin um, among the body and other pastors? Most uh, believers, you, you know what I find, and maybe this is this is not a proper, you know, assessment because it's, it's such a small group. <clears throat> but I generally find I can pretty much predict how someone's going to react, depend uh, depending on their age. Um, the older believers are kind of like whatever. What's this young? Maybe it's my age. Actually, that's the problem. Um, they kind of dismiss it. Uh, you know, I have assets, I have homes, I have real estate, I have lots of money. What do I need this for? Um, or this, this is just like a stuff kids do. This is a, a fad or whatever. Um, uh, but guys, my age, you know, uh, if you, if you have like young kids and you're newly married, like I find guys like that are listening and they're like, okay, tell me about this. I want to know about this. So generally it's a good reception. People are interested. They want to know more. Um, and they're open to it. They're open to something new because they see that the system's broken. 
they see that it's immoral and and you know covid has been a great blessing in that sense uh that people are going you know maybe believers who might have been on the fence about i don't know if the government is that bad or whatever they're now saying okay i i don't trust these guys i don't trust them with my health i don't trust them with my money i just don't trust them uh, and so they're a lot more open pastors um i think i think some pastors are watching they're watching what i'm doing and waiting to see if it succeeds um so i personally believe as we just hold on to bitcoin and get more bitcoin the stuff we're going to be able to do with it will speak for itself. And then, then a lot of these guys will go, Hey, Alan, tell me more about that Bitcoin thing. <laughs> Cause they're going to see a small church be able to, to, to fund extraordinary uh, missions endeavors. And so um, then, then I think, I think uh, I'm, I'm sort of a pilot project. And as this thing succeeds, they're going to uh, be more interested in implementing it themselves. But that, that probably, I mean, if we go into the price range that people are expecting now, that might come sooner than later. But realistically, something like that probably wouldn't mature until after the next halving, I, I would imagine. So we're talking a long game here, two to three years before that's seen. Um, I mean, just as you're thinking of, or talking about, that's that's what my thoughts are. What what do you, if you, and we're, we'll talk about your website here in a second. I, as you think about like, major Christian FUD associated with Bitcoin. Is there FUD, is there Christian FUD associated with Bitcoin or do Christians pretty much have the same objections that anybody else would around Bitcoin? There are some pretty distinct Christian FUD, I would say. Um, there's a few people I know who, and a lot of it is just, it's just a straight up, look, you just don't get, you just, you have, you haven't even tried to understand kind of stuff, you know, where uh, I'll have some, sometimes some guys <clears throat> commenting on some stuff on my Facebook page going, Oh, you know, it's a scam. It's a Ponzi scheme and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, come on guys. Like this is embarrassing. You, you haven't even tried. Um, but I, but that's like kind of outliers. Um, I've, thoroughly refuted all of that and they've kind of not come back to comment anymore but some of the more distinct i think widespread christian fud is like mark of the beast type of stuff this is uh this is you know uh devil money and this technology is mark of the beast this is this you know any uh, you know I, I confess in the beginning when i first first looked at it, i go this kind of looks like the mm -hmm. blockchains this yeah. blockchain stuff might have some potential to, I mean, in the wrong hands, right? But Bitcoin itself uh, is the farthest. Thing. It's actually, you know, it's actually like anti-mark of the beast. If, yeah. if you if you look at it, it's so. So I think that the, the Christian fud is more around that. Um, I w so. I went through the same thing initially, having that kind of doubt. But I agree with you. I mean, if you look at Bitcoin compared to like you know, a central coin, central CBD, central bank uh, coin, uh, Bitcoin's probably the farthest thing that, that, you know, if, if the antichrist was going to use anything like that, Bitcoin's probably the last thing he would use. Um, yeah. That, yeah I, that's can see, I can definitely see like, uh, you know, central bank digital currency coming out and then Christian saying, see, see, look what Bitcoin did. Uh, <laughs> just totally missing the whole point. But um yeah, it, there's some uh, like 
there's also uh, lots of idolatry involved here of uh you know statism churches have some statism uh in 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 their doctrine whether they want to believe it or not so uh, that's interesting explain what you mean by that uh so you know because with covid a lot of this has come to light um i've never seen romans 13 be so abused in my life so so just and so uh, for the audience explain explain what you mean by that so romans 13 is a passage that talks about you know submission to authorities and to uh you know how the how the authorities are god's servant to punish evil and reward good and so uh, i mean just the handful of churches in my area have clung to that and said hey if they say wear masks, wear masks because Romans 13. If they say close your church, close your church because I've even talked with pastors and Christian leaders who have literally told me, hey, this pastor who got arrested or not arrested, fined and even arrested because later on in time they did get arrested. They deserve the, 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 they deserve the fines. They deserve to be arrested and thrown in jail because they're in rebellion to god's word in romans 13 so Mm. uh, i'm just like wow you guys are totally out of your minds to think that obedience to the state is unconditional Mm. so this statism that's in the churches which maybe was a little bit veiled but now has just been just totally unveiled it's so obvious um, when, when it comes to something like Bitcoin, well, well this is this isn't government controlled. Well, well then, like, how do we how do we use it, and what if the government takes it down? And so it's just a it's just a total idolatry of the state. And if this, it, it's almost like if the state's not involved somehow, then they don't want anything to do with it. Hmm. Do you on the on the on the backside of COVID and the pandemic? I mean, how do you think those bodies are going to the, the the bigger denominations that that use that uh, scripture, do you think their growth? Do you think the size of their body will shrink because of that? Well, it, it kind of already is, um, but I hope it shrinks more. Um, there definitely is going to be a shift. I think. I hope. I pray away from that sort of um, those sort of churches. A lot of the larger churches in my area that were pushing and and you know it doesn't take a profit to predict it pushing for over a year telling people hey zoom church youtube facebook church is legit you know this is church this be calling it church doesn't take a profit to predict that after a year of that repetition that when church meetings returned in person that people would go hey, i don't need to go I'll just keep watching it. So a lot of churches have had a lot of hard have had a hard time getting people back because a, a, a lot a good handful of them are saying, "Well, I, I like this. This is this is easier. This is more convenient." We our church and uh, the others that have been open have absorbed a lot of those people who were upset, and and so we've benefited from it in that way too. But uh, yeah, what was the question again? No, just just about 
no, you're fine. Just about whether or not the larger churches that comply right. will see a shrink. You know, it's interesting. I, I listened to a, a great podcast called um, called um, Modern Day Missions, and there's a very large church in Lima, Peru, that has grown exponentially, but over Zoom. Um, mm. And they had to close down. I mean, it's a completely... Uh, probably a lot more authoritarian than uh, Canada and or the U.S. has ever been. So there's probably a different set of circumstances, but they've they've grown their body um, um, over the pandemic, which is kind of interesting. So I don't think Zoom in and of itself, I think it's probably saved a lot of churches. And um, but it's just kind of interesting to, to hear that perspective. Do what do you um do, do you think, and I've written about this in one of my pieces on Medium, but do you think that the fiat mindset, or how do you think the fiat mindset has affected the Christian body? Well, uh, as you see, the um, church, it, <clears throat> so I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up a Christian. Me uh, having, you know, in my, when I was a teenager, church was like, cheesy cringy um you know i went to one of those like uh musicals and i was just like this is stupid um like the quality- I-, I didn't grow up in the church either <laughs> yeah yeah so like and, and even when i first got saved going to some churches i'm like you know listening to the music i'm like this is kind of like uh, i don't know this is just really this is really like girly or ineffeminate and stuff and uh, i was really uncomfortable but i just i went because i was saved right i was like i still want you know i still desired to meet with the body but i was like this something's weird like not good about like something's just <laughs> yucky about this I, I don't know how else to explain it but um yeah so so it's just you know i think i, I posted maybe it was twitter or somewhere i said fiat uh you know fiat when a, when a ministry um, exists to get fiat money, don't be surprised when you get fiat theology. And I think that's that's what we've seen is just <clears throat> fiat fiat money has created. Yeah, I think in the Bitcoin standard, Saifedina Moose talks about fiat art. Yep. And and uh, you know one of my favorite quotes from that book is that. Uh, hard money funded um, Michelangelo's art. Fiat money funded. Mar- no, no, that's not how it goes. Oh, he said, Fiat. Uh, f- hard money funded Michelangelo's works. Work. Fiat money funded Miley Cyrus twerks. So, um, as as the quality of everything decreases with, with fiat. Um, the quality, uh, the same thing has happened in the church and it, it, sh- it didn't have to happen that way, but because of, you know, for some reason in, in the West, at least the church's um, desire to be like corporate America. Mm, that's a good we, thought. Yeah. Yeah. We've descended into this fiat church. That's just sort of like lame and weak. And so when we like, when we've had one minor uh, trial to go through like COVID, we folded and it's been, it's been a total embarrassment. That's interesting. I, the way I look at it is the, the the fiat mindset, the the worldview of fiat has just slowly infiltrated the church over the last hundred years. And 
it's it's robbed our time and it robs our time to spend time with the Lord, the time time with each other, being involved in social programs. And I don't I'm not sure that anybody could see it coming, but nobody was on guard and it just kind of right. infiltrated the church. But I've been involved in enough churches, though, to understand the the pitfall with the the corporatization of of ministry. And you're totally right. I mean, that's that's an absolutely accurate statement. And I, I'm wondering if now at this point we're not going to care. You know, maybe maybe our believer, maybe the body's going to be more depth oriented, and maybe the secret church church is going to go away. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe well, so. If if you look at corporate America's response to the pandemic in the churches, it's been the same response. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not every church, obviously. Yeah. I understand what you're saying though. Yeah. But, but on a large scale, you know, businesses did everything they were told. Churches did everything they were told. Mm. Um, So it was the same response. And, and I, I think some of the reasoning behind it was the same too, whereas businesses were going, Hey, you know, we want to make money. We want to stay open. So we're going to follow the rules. A lot of the churches, I think, was the same thing. Well, hey, this is what they're telling us to do. Let's just follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's uh, transition in, uh, into a little bit and talk about um, your website. Did uh, before we move to that? Did you did you have any other thoughts um, along these veins? Uh, not really. Just you know. Um, Bitcoin has just so much potential uh, to transform the world. Uh, and so I, I just, uh, I'm passionate in, in, in spreading um, Bitcoin Pastor knowledge. Boy, let's, 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 I, cause I, I want to ask you that specifically when okay. we close out um, because uh, I, I think you and I share kind of a similar vision with that. Um, so hold, hold the good stuff till the end. Um, just tell me. Uh, so, for the listeners, um, Pastor Coin's website is ChristianBitcoinGuide.com. What What was your goal? What were you trying to accomplish with with the website? Why did you do this? Um, two reasons. Number one, uh, I I learn by writing, and so it was really sort of a selfish goal. Uh, selfish. Uh, <laughs> um, what's What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, motivation is just okay i can learn better if i just write it and then i thought hey uh, i want to spread this knowledge to christians in a in a um distinctly christian context um so that you know christian you know in the bitcoin world there's some lewdness and stuff like that there's so I, i can see a lot of christians being turned off trying to you know research bitcoin and seeing all this like you know, um, yep. immoral stuff. Yep. So I go, totally let, yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me try to make something that's like distinctly Christian where like a Christian, a pastor could come on here and, and, and learn about Bitcoin in a way that doesn't, you know, send them uh, running away. I agree. I mean, I think that if you're trying to spread a message, um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it could, it could easily turn people off to understanding truth um, just because the messenger is, is <laughs> not very um, um, nice, I guess. Yeah. Well, even uh, like 
so some of these like big guys in the Bitcoin space, like Michael Saylor and stuff, I listen to him and I'm like, dude, this is like idolatry. You're like straight up worshiping uh, Bitcoin in some of the statements he's saying. I'm learning a lot from him being able to, uh, you know, discern and and stuff like that. But I could, you know, if I were to send some stuff to pastors, they'd be like, this is a cult. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to create a resource that that was, you know, Christ honoring. That wasn't a a cult that was just like, hey, this can help uh, with the kingdom and funding missions and all types of good stuff. Um, that was my that wasn't is my goal with that website. Okay, fantastic. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, I've done the similar thing with my writing on Medium for the exact same reasons. I I feel like the Bitcoin movement is. It seems like there are a lot of Christians in the Bitcoin movement, but there doesn't seem to be really kind of a unified voice of our belief system, our worldview. And um, I think this is just too important not for us to stand up and, and make our voices heard kind of in a unified way. So I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. Yeah. As you step back, what I mean, what if you could identify some big themes or you know, as a young pastor in 20 years, what would you want to do with Bitcoin and what do you think Bitcoin could do for the kingdom? Uh, Lord willing, you know, he, he tarries, but I mean, what would you like to see Bitcoin do for the kingdom? Yeah, that's a, I mean, it's something I think about a lot, <clears throat> something that excites me every day. I wake up, I go, okay, I get to live another day. Thank you, Lord. And to be able to live in this time, is just amazing. Um, Bitcoin, uh, yeah, wow, it could just transform um, whole countries, you know, countries that are struggling <clears throat> tremendously, you know, as, I, as I've said before, we work a lot with Bangladeshis and, um, you know. Just so, you, be, so use that as a case, case study. I mean, if, 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 if you had a vision for what you wanted to do with your church and, and Bitcoin, what would you want to do? in Bangladesh and with your missionary in Bangladesh? Yeah. So, you know, I could totally see Bitcoin transforming, you know, that whole, the whole country, but especially those communities that we, we invest in being able to build those, those places, those houses of refuge, Bible schools. I mean, with the very little resources we have, uh, we're able through, through our, our, our missionary and through his, his team there, we're able to, to still plant more churches. We're able to still train more pastors. We're able to do against all odds. Of course, it's the grace of God. God can do anything, but, uh, but if to be able to have the resources that Bitcoin, um, can, can provide over, over time, uh, can just take and accelerate that to, to a whole new level. Um, I have crazy ideas. I don't know if any of this. Let's hear it. <laughs> like to, to be able to create like a, 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 a yeah. Cause we're talking, we're, we're dreaming big here. So let's go, let's go all the way yeah. um, to, to be able to have like um, an alternative economy to, to the one we have now uh, to be able to, to, to have almost like, uh, another world, if you will. I, I know it might sound utopian, and and I I know that um, it it'll never be perfect, but 
to be able to have a, a community where like you you have churches and like you know churches are mining bitcoin and you know they're using that bitcoin to build orphanages and and those orphanages are are prospering because they're also mining bitcoin and you know you just have this incredible economy built where it's it's self-sustaining it's deflationary it's growing tremendously um and and everybody uh, is is benefiting from it and the gospel is being spread and God's being glorified and people's the most important thing for me <clears throat> is that people's time will be freed up to do the important things amen you know and so that's I think Bitcoin's greatest potential is is in its ability to maximize our time to do what is most important. And let me ask you this, and I've been thinking about this over the last couple of days, couple of weeks. What in what if instead of maybe not instead, but what if and when we buy a water well for someone in Africa, we buy an ASIC, you know, miner and, you know, they could mine Bitcoin with solar or something like that. So we we provide life giving water but we're also providing a, a monetary unit that that could increase in value and, and lift this this a, a village out of poverty. Um, what, what do you think about something like that? Yeah, you know, that, that's the sort of thoughts I've had is like, what if what if every house was able to 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 have, uh, you know, some sort of a renewable energy like a solar or something where you could power uh you know, an ASIC miner or miners and just accumulate, you know, mine Bitcoin. And then you could be, you know, I I dream of this world where you're totally self-sufficient, where your time could be, you you know, and maybe this is a crazy thought, but I think Bitcoin has the potential to move our society back to a sort of like high-tech agricultural society where you're able to, power your electronics your home and you're able to mine bitcoin and you're able to have chickens grow your own crops have all this other time to to live your life um so yeah i think it's tremendously i mean the 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 stuff people are going to come up come up with in, in the next 10 years as bitcoin adoption grows is is going to be um i mean 50 to 100 years from now in the history books it's going to be people are going to look back and go why did we ever live the way that we lived i agree i think that's a great thought i and as you were talking i had uh bookmarked this website but there's a cnbc article from about a week ago and there's this guy that has created this mini asic miner and he was running it in a Starbucks with basically with free, free energy. Um, <laughs> but having something like this that, you know, someone in Bangladesh could basically have a mini ASIC miner and, and mine. Bit- now, they're not going to they're not going to be making a huge amount of money, but any money for them that they already don't have um, that they could mine with something like this for 800 for for 900 bucks. Um, this doesn't include a solar array, but. Um, I don't know what energy is like in, in Bangladesh, whether it's a public source or not, but something as simple as an $800 Bitcoin miner could 
help bring these people out of poverty. So that that's kind of an interesting, um, interesting thought. Um, that's really cool. Um, well, what other, what other big plans do you, would you foresee with, uh, I mean, the other, I guess my vision is having, and we talked about this a little bit is just having missionaries go out onto the field and raise their money in Bitcoin and not have the burden of coming back on furlough every two to three years. And, and that can just be a real damper and drain for missionaries to come back uh, on furlough. And that's what I, that's how I'd like to see Bitcoin used on the mission field. If, if not also with, you know, a, a minor and stuff like that, but just, just for the sending team to have a, 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 a huge Bitcoin gift they could give the, the missionary couple going out onto the field. Yeah. And, and it's important to teach people to be generous with their Bitcoin as well. I know it's hard as you're, you know, dollar cost averaging into it and stuff. And you, maybe you see some, some growth and you go, wow, this is incredible. And then it's only going to go up and up, but to just, you know, not to love money. Uh, and cause Bitcoin is money, right? And, you know, sometimes I catch myself thinking, is it appropriate to say I love Bitcoin? Because isn't, you know, maybe in the future, maybe a hundred years from now, Bible translations will say for the love of Bitcoin is the fruit of all. Because it'll be money. People yeah, that's right. That Bitcoin is money and, and they won't even have a concept of fiat or they'll, they'll have forgotten it. It'll be a, a asterisk in the history book. Oh, remember that time? That was stupid. But, um, yeah. So like, yeah. So I, I don't want to say I love Bitcoin because it's money. Uh, and so for, I think that's okay. I mean, I love Bitcoin, but I, yeah. I, but, uh, we don't worship it. I mean, that's, that's right, the distinction. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I had to choose between the U S dollar and Bitcoin. Yeah. I love Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Well, my, my affections are definitely more, yeah, of tender, course. more yeah. tender towards Bitcoin than, yeah. than fiat, but, um, Te- teaching people to to not love it to not yeah. love it in the sense of like i need to hold on to this for dear life no be generous with it yeah. give it give yeah you know, totally don't, totally don't, agree don't, don't be reckless obviously don't just say give it away to like don't be like uh you know uh, max kaiser give ten thousand bitcoins to to alex jones and then he doesn't care and loses it right uh but but be yeah, that's that's that really breaks my heart. But um, be be generous with it. If there's churches like there's not many churches accepting it. Yeah. For, so for the ones that are, send them you know a hundred thousand sats. Send them whatever you can. Uh, be generous with your Bitcoin and um, and support the the ministries that are are using it and accumulating it and have clear direction as to how they want to use it. Because your your gift can have will have uh, big impacts. That's fantastic. Well, Pastor Corin, do you Coin, do you have any other um, thoughts you want to leave with us as we kind of wrap things up? And I want I want the audience to be able to get a hold of you or in touch with you on Twitter. So provide your Twitter and your Facebook uh, profile feeds. But any other any other thoughts? Um, yeah, so just, you know, it, 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 I want to encourage people to do do the work do the research i I know it can be confusing you know i'm I'm not sure what the audience of this podcast is like but there's anybody out there listening who's like just you're a believer and you don't know what to do with bitcoin um this is something that is 
it's a whole it, it, nothing like it's ever existed and so there's going to be a learning curve uh but it's one that's worth um investing in it's one that's that's worth putting the time into learning um because of the tremendous impact it, it will have and can have. So don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated uh, by, you know, maybe, oh, maybe you think I'm not techie or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, do, do the work, figure this thing out, and, and, then, and then get some Bitcoin and then give some Bitcoin away. Great thoughts. So where can, where can the listeners uh, find you to connect with you? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at... at at Pastor Coin, Facebook. I'm not sure if uh, where I'm like. So I have a page, Christian Bitcoin Guide. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if you search that, <clears throat> you would find. Oh, at Christian Bitcoin Guide would be the Facebook uh, thing. And then you can go to ChristianBitcoinGuide.com for the resources. The, those those resources are. Uh, you know, I try to put on an article a week, uh, so it's it's you know there's going to be a lot more on there as time goes. I'm working on like a seminar as well, a, a resource that I'm creating to um, present to churches. It's a great idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so that will be on there as soon as I finish that and maybe do my first presentation with it. I'm also thinking about a book. Was it you that posted that you were working on a book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, the, the um, um, 100-fold impact is working on a book. Um, I think I want to take some of my stuff and put it into a book. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity there within the Christian perspective. Yeah, so I, I have a book idea that I'll talk with you when we're offline about, but uh, that would be uh, something that I'm working on. So... Yeah, you can find me there, connect with me, send me a message, follow me, whatever. And uh, I really I really hope and pray that a, a Christian Bitcoin community be, could could rise up here and, and be a sort of um, niche community within the larger Bitcoin community. Yeah, amen. Uh, because we could really and th- like I think so many people have have latched onto bitcoin as this sort of objective truth like it's almost religious right and i I think i think that's the case because they've lived in a fiat world for so long yep everything has been so fake everything has been so subjective it's all been built on this uh this this sandy foundation that you know as soon as bitcoin comes in they understand it they get orange pilled the light bulb goes off they go wow look at this thing it's objectively true yep it doesn't yeah. care about your feelings it doesn't care about what's going on in the world it's just objectively true so they latch onto it almost like a god so i'm seeing this as an opportunity to go hey you recognize something but you're just off a bit that's right. That's right. In and fact, so the, I, yeah. the, the, the opportunity to reach folks in the Bitcoin community, it's it's great. So uh, I kind of consider myself a missionary to Bitcoiners as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so I, I actually wrote an article about this called The Great Bitcoin Reset. And my first interview uh, of the podcast was with uh, Tomer Strolite. And it's a fan, fantastic interview. He was a militant atheist, uh, saw this truth in Bitcoin. Um, and he, 
got to the point where he could not deny um, the truths of Christianity. And some of my articles kind of helped him along that way. But I, that's exactly the truth. I, I look at myself as a missionary within the Bitcoin community because uh, this is Bitcoin. If you're not a believer, Bitcoin's probably the first true truth you've come across. So yeah, it's a great, right. I think it's a great teaching tool. And um, for the audience as well, I did this uh, last time with um, Onward Christian Hodler. Um, at the end of the show or in the show notes, um, Pastor Coin, I'm going to put your a lightning address wallet for you. Um, if you could share that with me, that way, if people want to support your ministry, they can shoot you some stats directly. So, well, I appreciate this time. Um, I really do. And it's it's been great to chat with you and get to know you a little bit. Yeah, thanks so much. This is my my first Bitcoin podcast, so it was exciting to get this get this one done and and see what the Lord does with it. That's awesome. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you would leave a review, that would be fantastic as well. Peace. A little more about our Satoshi Millionaire game. The plan is to have a series of questions spread over a number of shows. At the conclusion of the series of questions, there will be an opportunity to DM the Twitter handle at Mission21M with the answers. The first person to DM with the correct answers will be the recipient of the 1 million Satoshis. The only way to receive them is via a Lightning Wallet, so make sure you have one that is set up. I hope you have fun playing. Thanks.
I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you would leave a review, that would be fantastic as well. Peace. A little more about our Satoshi Millionaire game. The plan is to have a series of questions spread over a number of shows. At the conclusion of the series of questions, there will be an opportunity to DM the Twitter handle at Mission21M with the answers. The first person to DM with the correct answers will be the recipient of the 1 million Satoshis. The only way to receive them is via a Lightning Wallet, so make sure you have one that is set up. I hope you have fun playing. Thanks. Thanks.